0: A little uncomfortable. But the new voice you're hearing right now, dear listener, is the result of I, Petunia Stoneberry's medically guided attempts to make myself sound younger. You see, I believe in the power and beauty of youth. And in the fact that youth makes others pay attention to you. And that's exactly what I want to convey to my Irish music legend, Disney princess hero, Mary, who is currently listening to the ridiculous radio plays at KOLD Radio. But I haven't quite found the courage to tell her this yet. So, in the last episode, we heard the first section of eerie tales from the ether, which spotlit the saga of Brock and Sonya.
1: You tried to teach me how to dance, Sonia Winters. I didn't listen, and look where it got me. Now maybe you can teach me something else, and I promise I'll listen this time. Maybe you can teach me how to love.
0: More importantly, the golden-voiced Connell Kaleo welcomed I, Petunia Stoneberry, and the rest of Mary's adoring fans to the KOLD studio. We now sing the commercial jingles, and Mary even mentioned us. Well, as she said, our music was stabbing her ears out. But we're taking it one note at a time. Well done, everyone.
2: You're doing a little too much with Sonya, Poppy. I really need you to make it real, all right? Like it really is your first love.
3: Make it real? Do I have to remind you I'm not an actor? And this is like
2: the American cheese of radio plays. If you mean an absolute classic comfort food, I agree. Your 9 minute and 45 second break starts now. Get your protein shakes and bone broth and whatever else actors like.
1: Okay. Uh, Poppy, she does have a point. Brock and Sonia may not be the most naturalistic characters, but surely you can draw from your first crush or the first guy you dated?
3: <laughs> what first guy?
4: You're assuming a lot, Mr. Suncloud. Fantastic! Break time! I just need to go to the bathroom and not at all anywhere near the mini-fridge. Why aren't you
0: going near the mini-fridge?
4: Yeah, that's like a weird thing to bring up. No reason. Did I say mini-fridge? I meant many-fidgets. Because that is what I have to do on our break. I have been sitting down for too long.
5: Uh...
2: No matter what you need to do on your break, Walter, I'm proud of you. I'm sorry that sometimes you can't tell, and I really want you to know... L- Let's just
4: talk about this later, Miss Eleanor. These fidgets are going to look really weird, and I have to do them in private.
0: All right. Walt ran off towards the break room, shaking his shoulders. But Bebo and Poppy were faster, racing each other there to stop Walt in his tracks. We fans sat in the booth, trying and failing to work up the courage to talk to Mary. In the break room... Hey, Walt. Hey, can I just...
3: Get in that mini-fridge. Uh, no, because we're, like, standing in front of it and blocking it. Well, gee, why would you do that? You clearly have
4: an evil scheme.
1: I would have gone to a lot less parties if I was as bad at lying as you are.
4: I just need you to let me open it up and not look while I'm doing stuff, which is a basic mini-fridge privacy law.
1: But I'm Brock Austin, a lawbreaker, a renegade.
4: (laughs) No, you're not. (laughs) <laughs> but we are your friends Walt. We want you to be honest with us. I I took the rest of the epic saga of Brock and Sonia and I'm hiding it in the fridge. I know that sounds sus, but I love radio plays, okay? I get this fantastic feeling when I'm listening to Terry and the Pirates. Like when Captain Midnight flies his plane and Ivan Shark pursues him, so he has to go even faster. Wah, wah, I feel like I'm in that plane with him, persevering through the cold wind to do my duty to my country. But Brock and Sonya? It's its just not good. It's not fun. It's cheesy and slow and makes me feel weird. And they're always talking about love, but Brock's always like, Ugh, I'm strong and mean. I'm not doing this because I don't like the script. It's to save the station. I was watching Mary and Joe's faces during the broadcast, and they were- As empty as my fridge after I get home from school. Just dull and blank, and sometimes they would whisper to each other with malicious looks on their faces. They hate it.
1: I don't think they hate it.
4: They
3: might hate it. I mean, can you really blame them? Eleanor thinks this is, like, a brilliant work of art.
1: At least it's fun and creative.
3: Bebo's just happy his character has, what is it, Sparkling blue
4: eyes, and perfectly sculpted cheekbones. I'm so worried that this radio play is gonna kill KOLD Radio, my second favorite place in the world. So, I changed it. I wrote my own version while all the weird stuff with the fans was happening.
1: Oh, uh, I I don't know if that's such a good idea, bud.
4: His writing can't be any worse. Yeah, it is everything I love in it, so how can it be bad? And so I have to switch them and hide the original version. Make sense?
1: This is gonna hurt the feelings of whoever wrote the original script.
4: True, artistic people have a lot of feelings. <laughs> hey, they won't know anything about it. Miss Eleanor said she found the script on the internet somewhere, like on free, awesome, free, copyright-free radio plays dot free. Only I looked online and I couldn't find it anywhere. And I know it's not worth risking the station on some random romance. Think about it. If Miss Mary signs on with us. KOLD Radio will be flooded with cash, and we can make
0: whatever we want.
1: I, I still kind of think...
0: Let's do it. Poppy opened the mini-fridge, and Walt put the script in.
4: Thanks, guys. You're such good friends. Stay cool, little script.
0: Back in the KOLD Radio sitting room... So, that was section
2: one of the saga of Sonia and Brock... Now, there's a little time for you to stretch your legs.
6: Well, that was charming. Oh, really, love? Y- you don't sound as sarcastic as usual. Charmingly bodged together, but I'd say yes, charming. Peril and romance from those two young ones. It wasn't much, but it was cute, like a harlequin romance. I'd listen to that on a tour bus. <laughs> I-, I wouldn't bet on
5: getting on that tour bus again.
6: What? Anyways, it's all got me thinking. What kind of investment money are you looking for exactly? Well, I mean, we can start with a conservative
2: estimate of, say, three. <laughs> oh,
6: that was nothing.
5: Uh, I like covering things up as much as you do. Dory
6: does. Have you ever heard of my experimental metal folk album? That's right. You haven't. Some of my best work was scrubbed from the public eye. But,
5: Eleanor, you you have to admit that doesn't look like nothing.
7: It's nothing surprising. Sounded like another ceiling tile came down in your office, Eleanor. How many are left? Ten? Twelve? Zero? (laughs) If I recall, you were going to get a favor from your cousin, uh, the ceiling technician, (laughs) but it was still too expensive.
2: You know what? I think we'll just shorten the break. Walter, crazy fans! We're right here.
0: And we prefer enthusiastic fans! Let's begin the show. Walt, Poppy, and Bebo popped their heads out suspiciously from the break room doorway. What?
4: Oh, yes, Miss Eleanor? (laughs)
7: Welcome back to Eerie Tales from the ether, sponsored by... Cifrin, Brittenham, Bronca, Fisher, Gilbert, Lurie,
8: and Cook.
7: Also sponsored by...
8: Warner's Mortuary and Catering. Warner's Mortuary and Catering.
7: where we left off. The two budding lovers were in trouble.
3: I...
1: Take my hand.
7: Against her better judgment and her rational thinking, Sonia looks into Brock's eyes and takes his hand. And together, they begin to run. Run faster than they have ever run before.
3: Look, Brock. What's that up ahead?
1: It's not the government soldiers. It's a squadron. Spooky Scary Skeletons with a banner that says we are dead.
3: Oh no! Also, that rhymed! Spooky Scary Skeletons, shivers down your
0: spine.
1: Hey, so, Poppy, do you think we made the right choice by helping Walt?
3: Um, well, at least I'm having
2: more fun.
1: I I guess you don't have to take it seriously or think about your first boyfriend anymore.
2: Are they improvising? What did you say there, Eleanor? Oh, ignore me! What are we going to do, Brock?
1: Don't ask me, Sonya. Playing ultra ball was never anything like this.
3: Isn't there some way you can kick them in their bony knees or something? Those skeletons are making me shake and shudder in surprise.
1: Yes, maybe you're onto something, Sonya. I did study martial arts in college.
7: Brock cautiously approaches the squadron of spooky, scary skeletons, uh, uh, readying himself for his stupendous energy attack.
1: Heck No, uh, more. Hav. Havark. Hav. Uh, huh? I, I can't read the handwriting. It's
3: Havoc, Doofus. Havoc! Oh!
1: Wreak no more havoc on our city, foul skeletons. I shall dispatch you with my turtle devastation wave.
6: Ah, love. This is all getting right, confusing. What's all this about turtles and skeletons and such? It's bollocks. I wanted to hear about the love story of Brock and Sonia, and now they can't even read their lines correctly.
5: No, 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 it it makes sense to me. There's a video on the YouTube about spooky, scary skeletons with that catchy song they are singing. It explains that the skeletons want to socialize with us, but uh, we cannot because they're shoved so much and, and they'll steal our souls. And
6: now Brock's going to do a kung fu move like Jackie Chan. Ah, sure. It's all clear as diamonds now. Brock, be careful.
1: Here goes nothing. Ka-me-ha-me-ha.
0: Poppy? apparently had watched the Dragon Ball Z program this comes from, stood up and attempted to show off this energy wave with a hand thingy and an energy fireball.
9: Oh no, we are skeletons, but now we're evaporating.
3: Brock, they're gone! You did it! That's amazing!
1: Yes, yes I suppose it is, but look, up in the sky, towering over all the skyscrapers, all the tiny little people, it's, it's Mechagodzilla.
3: Mechagodzilla? Gadzooks? No one, in their entire life, has ever said Gadzooks.
1: Ever. Except that you just did, twice.
7: Mechagodzilla continues to lay waste to the city. Using his space beam and his missiles.
2: Oh dear. Oh dear. What is this?
0: Continue enjoying the show. I'll just be over there. Eleanor walked over to the other side of the sitting room, picked up a paper bag, and breathed into it. Just a bit. This is... So wrong, but I can't
2: stop the show. That'll look unprofessional. Uh, is
5: she having an asthma attack? Rock, what can we do?
1: I have something in my coat pocket. My lucky trophy I got at the Ultraball World Championship. See, it's made of unobtanium.
3: Unobtanium, dingus. Oh,
1: uh, unobtanium. And I know that unobtainium vaporizes Mechagodzilla's internal systems. Do you have a slingshot, Sonya?
3: You think I just keep a slingshot in my pocket? Really?
1: Yes. Yes, yes. I need it, Sonya.
3: Uh, You know me too well. (laughs) Here you go.
1: Now, I have to get this aiming just right in order to destroy Mechagodzilla. One, two, three, go.
7: Rox aiming is perfect. His lucky trophy flies right into Mechagodzilla's chest plate, fatally confusing his systems. Yeah! yeah. Godzilla explodes in a blast of molten metal and bright orange-purple fire. For a moment, it seems that they've won, but then, Rock glimpses something in the distance.
1: Sonya, in my life I've faced many, many terrifying things. War, fire, famine, skeletons, my fellow ultra-ball players. I would even say I'm only afraid of one thing. One thing in the whole wide world. What? That.
7: Rock points menacingly at the creature standing in front of them. A giant. Adorable kitten.
3: You can't do anything?
1: No. I'm, I'm paralyzed with fear, Sonia. Paralyzed.
2: I know how you feel, Brock.
7: As the government soldiers and the kitten loom closer and closer to Brock and Sonia. They fear there's no fate for them but certain doom. But then, out of nowhere, a Segway appears, carrying what looks like Ludwig von Beethoven, Amelia Earhart, and a large skeleton man.
9: Hello, kids. It is I, Skelly bony boy von Ossified, Former leader of the Skeleton Army, I have decided to help you.
7: Yes. Protecting through love and all that. I would advise you children to hop on. You wouldn't want to be trampled by maker Godzilla.
3: Beethoven? And Skelebone's bony boy Fawn Ossified? Oh. And don't forget me.
6: Plucky old Amelia Earhart. Girls can time travel too, you know. Right now, love, this has officially jumped the shark. And I should know what it's like since I jumped over that shark in my Broadway show. Oh, this is utter shite. No, 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 love. It's just getting going. I'm getting up. I'm packing my purse. Oh, no.
4: Petunia. Mary's standing up.
6: Oh, no. Oh, no.
1: You're a strange trio. What do you have in your ear?
7: Ah, uh, it is an ear trumpet. I bought from Devdon Van Ear Trumpet. It is for my hearing, you see.
3: He bought it after I told him he was a deaf old goat.
9: His hearing is worse than mine, and I don't have ears. Oh. Well, what
3: are you riding on?
7: It is a time-traveling Segway.
3: Faster and safer than all the planes I flew. Time
9: travel? Where are you planning to go? We are going two hundred years in the past to visit my father back when he was the highest ranking count in Victorian England. But that's not possible. It's been scientifically disproven. I am literally a living skeleton and you're disagreeing with me about what's impossible. Sorry, but it's, like,
3: ridiculous that people keep dwelling on travel to the past when travel to the future is theoretically possible.
7: You really need to get on the Segway now. We can go to the future, too. Okay.
3: Once we start up that Segway, it'll look like we disappeared into thin air. Which explains why everyone thinks I, Amelia Earhart, disappeared. Fine. We'll get on the Segway. Brock, come
8: on!
1: It's mesmerizing and terrifying. That horrible fuzzy monster with that fluffy tail. Those big brown eyes. I just can't look away.
3: Get on the Segway! Now!
1: You'll have to pick me up because I can't move my legs.
9: Too scared. I'll pick him up. I'm as strong as 100 non-skeletons.
7: Using the pinky finger of his bone hand, Skelebones picks Brock up and places him on the Segway. They phase into the Time Vortex. What wonders and terrors will the Segway take them to? Will Brock ever face his secret fear of the kitten? And will Skelebones return to his evil ways? This will all be answered next time on Eerie eerie. Tales Tales from the
6: another crock of shite the questions never get answered i still haven't learned if love's legs will make the journey or tire out love stop packing
5: your purse we're having a good time here aren't we
6: no the saga of sonia and brock is a flaming mess apparently it's about amelia beethoven and skellybones now The actors don't know their lines, and the owner of the station is having a panic attack over there. No, 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 no. That's not what this is. (sighs) What's that paper bag for, then? And even worse, I see my fans are preparing to sing another song.
7: Greetings, everyone. Beethoven here to deliver some promotional material for our show. It is sponsored by the von Von Trumpet.
8: This is a test to see if you qualify For a glorious product, on it you will rely If you pass this test, your hearing is fine But if you can't pass it, please do not resign Can you hear the talk? bye oh. Trumpet zone. Come on down to a trumpet zone. Come on down
6: to a trumpet zone. Catchy. And that was a nightmare too. My fans are not allowed to sing. What kind of hubris makes them think that they'll match up to my level? Radio station,
0: I have another announcement for you. I'm leaving. The silence was deafening. Then came a mass exodus out of the booth. What?
1: Seriously? Please, don't leave. Please don't leave.
0: Please don't leave. We didn't even tell you our plan for your future. Barry, no.
2: I I know this was, well... I can assure you that we didn't plan for the saga of Brock
6: and Sonia to come out this way. I can see that. You reckon you're good at managing people, but despite the charming young ones, this has been a train wreck from tip to toe. What I mean is, the script wasn't written like this.
2: There was no Godzilla and skelly bones and a time-traveling Segway. It was intended to be an old-fashioned romance about two... Flawed people, overconfident, Brock and micromanaging Sonia, who give up everything for each other. But there was clearly internal sabotage involved. Nothing like this has ever happened to us. Please, don't you believe that we can transport people to the good old days through the radio?
6: Send them back to a time without aches and pains and regrets? No, and clearly I was delusional to ever think that way. Life isn't all packed houses and adoring fans. And at some point, the world gives up on you. I'm not at that point yet, but I'm not fooling myself either about it coming. We
0: We still still love love you, Mary. Mary.
2: Stay pessimistic. We love that about you.
0: But we do have a few suggestions about your career, if you'll listen. Maybe I will, if you come to the local
6: mall with me. We'll get a double Irish cream frappuccino with extra chocolate sauce. Well, I mean, you'll pay.
2: The chance to go on a shopping spree with Mary? I would pay any price.
6: No, I'll pay.
5: This is ridiculous. You're acting like a whinging diva, love. Whenever someone gives you a difficult choice, you make a holy show of yourself and walk out. But this is an opportunity that we should be taken. It's true, we are agents. We are going to lose the fans who want your voice to sound like it was 30 years ago, clear and pure as rain. It's got its own different charms now. That's why we've got to think about this career pivot. As a radio show host, you could do all kinds of new things and make it with an older audience who loves your voice because it sounds like their older friends. Also, I thought this episode with Godzilla was a little rough. But fascinating.
6: Fair play, quite a little speech there, ye Egypt. If you wanted me to stay here, maybe you shouldn't have called me old and said my fans can't put up with me any more. Clearly, I have plenty of fans, and they're devoted, unlike somebody I know. I'm planning to listen to their ideas for my career because they can't be worse than yours. Oh, and love. Here's a little parting song for all my time that you've wasted. Come, all ye fair and tender maids that flourish in your prime. Beware, beware, tend your garden fair. Let no man steal your time. Let no man steal your time. To the mall! We're coming. Can I carry your bag? We'll carry it together.
2: Carry her bag but i'll pay then i can ask whether she ever released the meta folk album i would literally crawl through broken glass
1: to hear it
0: no i need to pay to convince her of the pagan female plan the pagan female plan people it perhaps wasn't our best moment rushing mary off to the mall so we could talk to her and leaving her husband in the dust I will admit, her relationship with her husband is very important, no matter how much I agree that he's an idiot, But on that day, we just had to have this one-on-one experience with her. The doors closed behind us.
4: Miss Mary! It was all my fault.
1: No, it wasn't. It was our fault for encouraging you.
5: All this has nothing to do with you, laddie.
4: No, no, it really was my fault. Right, Miss Eleanor? Uh, I think she's, like, in the break room.
1: But hey, maybe it was none of our faults. She just has hissy fits sometimes. She's a diva.
5: They aren't hissy fits. She's better than that. But she she does act like she's fluttered. I'd follow her, but you've just got to wait it out.
4: So Miss Mary's going to come back?
0: Walter! Why is this in the mini-fridge? Uh... I would bring up the questions that'll be answered next episode, but I think Walt and Eleanor just did it for me. Plus, what's going on between Poppy and Bebo? Romance or just slightly better acting than before? And what are my team and I pitching to marry at the mall? If you're interested in the answers, stay tuned and download the next episode.